Subtle skills, big results. Welcome to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Welcome back to the Ninja Selling Podcast. Matt and Garrett are here again, and we have another great topic, I feel, Matt. I'm excited to go down this path today. You brought this topic. Before we jump in, if you're not involved in it already, we do have the Ninja Selling Podcast community on Facebook. You should go check it out. Just search for the Ninja Selling Podcast. You will find us under Facebook. Over 8,000 people, Matt. And again, amazing community, amazing feedback. I have a lot of people that I coach that they'll ask me like, what do you see happening around this? Or like, do you have anybody who has this as something they can share? And I'm always like, go ask the community, just throw it into the podcast community and see what happens. And they always come back with like, man, I got way more than what I was expecting. So go check that out. If you're not in there, we'd love to have you. And other than that, Matt, let's jump right into this topic that you brought, which is what if prices drop? Should we wait? Like maybe maybe there's going to be a price drop in the future. Maybe it would be better to buy then, which I think is wonderful. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm hearing this from agents saying that they have buyers that are saying those exact words. Well, we'll just wait for prices to come back down, which opens up a lot of different avenues for conversation. And I start with, okay, what if they do? Let's just Let's just look at that, right? And I think there's two sides of it. What if we buy and prices drop? Or what if we just wait and then prices come down? Then we'll be able to afford a house. So again, I said to you, I said, well, there's kind of a couple of things that could be going on if prices come down. And the first thing is the, the, the mindset of somebody saying, we need to wait for prices to turn or what if prices drop. They're not looking for a 1% movement in prices. They're not looking for a $5,000 difference in all these prices. They're looking for that same run that we just had to go the other way. And that does not happen very often. Last time it did, it was part of a major economic situation. Banks failed. People lost jobs. And so I was like, well, if they wait for prices to drop, either that means they're going to have to then go compete against 50 other offers again, or the economy is in the toilet and they won't be able to afford a house, unfortunately. I don't say that as something that's funny. It's just, it would be unfortunate. So this whole topic we're going to talk about, I do want to just highlight, remove this thought from our head, remove the negative of this. And like, let's just look at this as, okay, what if this does happen? Let's talk about the dynamics of an economy. Let's talk about the dynamics of housing pricing and all that stuff in a positive way, because there's benefits to market movements all the time as well. Right, Garrett? There is. And Matt, and this is why I love this topic that you brought up, because we do need to have healthy, positive conversations with our clients around this. We do need to be sitting back and saying, like, well, let's talk about what that means. And I think it's great to go, like, let's look back at history when we saw the last price drop that would be significant enough for you to be like, oh, we're at the right point. Like, this is what it is. This is when we should do it. Because at that right point when the price is dropping, you're not sitting there going like, oh, it's here. We can do it now. What you're doing is you're watching it going like, is it going to go lower? This isn't the right time to buy right now. Look at the prices are dropping. Like, this is a mess. I don't want to catch a falling knife. This isn't a good idea. That's a great analogy. By the way, how do I catch a falling knife? You just got to get the hands like this and eh. you got to kind of clap. Clap it. That's how you catch it. Visuals are really bad right now. I see tendon damage is what I see. Okay. Okay. So back on track. Going down this route, like I think it, this is where it's a very healthy conversation to say, well, what would that look like if that comes up that prices drop? We see them come down. 
if they're on their slide down, would you feel comfortable buying them? And asking that question, you know, in a rising market, there's this idea of like, well, every time we wait, prices are going to go up. Well, let's talk about what that looks like as these prices continue to increase, as interest rates increase. It's great to kind of play the what if game. And the reality right now is how badly do you need a home right now? What is this fixing for you in this moment and in this time? Because Matt, again, I go back to when I look back at when the prices had dropped. I mean, my market dropped by 60%. That was not a time that everybody was going like, yay, opportunity. Some people were that were in the right moment, the right place that had the right amount of cash on hand and didn't have to worry about getting a home loan and all those types of things. Yeah, they got to take advantage of a really crazy time. There was also a lot of people that came out of that time going like, I never want to buy a house ever again. That was a really painful experience. So I think it's a really great thing. Also look at trends. This idea of prices drive. Let's just say, Matt, we look at it from the buyer standpoint, saying, what if I buy right now and then prices drop? Fair question, right? Because if you are already in the marketplace, if you're already a homeowner and you make a transition, it'll likely be relative. So that would be the same question as what if I continue owning my house and the prices drop? If you are a new buyer, if you are currently not a homeowner and you buy, this is where people start to think, well, what if I buy that house, my first house, and prices go down? I just lost $100,000 in equity. Well, are you going to sell it? Or are you still going to live in it? Are you still going to make the payment? There are so many questions. You, you had said, I want to just go back because you said something very important with the what if game that I want to highlight just to make sure it's clear for everybody. The what if game, and this is to ask questions of your people to better understand what they want to do, not to predict what will happen. Asking questions helps you understand. And so in this scenario, it's like, okay, great. You buy the house today, prices go down tomorrow. What does that mean? Well, you have the house. Would you want to sell it then? Probably not. It's like, yeah, you know, buy high, sell low. That's the right trend, right? Buy high, sell low. Oh, wait, no, buy low, sell high. So you're probably going to be okay. Now, if prices like go way down, there's probably something else going on with the economy. And then the question is like, well, how is your job? How are your personal finances? How's everything else going that can help you hold on to this house? Because if you ride it out, you're likely going back to history, probably going to be good. Hey, Garrett, if you're worried about that, let's take a look at this chart. What do you see from 91 to today? What do you see? Appreciation. Yeah. If you smooth that out, if you look at all these peaks and valleys, draw a nice little trend line. It's actually pretty smooth. There's a little curve in it. But think about that. From 1991 to today, and if you wanted to do it as a timeline and say, let's look at all the crazy things that have happened, wars that we've been through, banks failing, like all these massive, massive, massive places that have kind of defined what our economy looks like and where we're going, different elected officials that have come and gone, that people have said, this is going to rip us all apart and this is going to you know, tear us down to this is going to make us thrive and look at all these different places that have come into light and then say, has it really taken us in the opposite direction? It hasn't. It's been a pretty steady, sometimes a little crazy on the appreciation side, but long-term we've been appreciating. There's got to be graphs and trends we can go back to and probably pull up that we can look way back farther than 1991. And it's going to continue on the same way. Absolutely. So if you have a buyer that's concerned about that, ask the questions, right? Well, tell me, what would you do, right? And talk it out and say, well, now let's go back to why do you want to buy this home? Why do you want to buy a home? Will that change if prices go down? If you buy the home because you want to have the right backyard for your kids to run around in and play, if you want to make sure that your commute is the right length so you don't miss time at home, 
if you want to be on the right street because that's where all your friends are and you want to hang out with them often, is that going to change if prices go down? Probably not. I go back to the house that we had bought going back about 13 years ago. We bought it for 305 and ended up literally a year after buying it, it had dropped 60% in value. It was like a punch in the gut. Oh, like, okay, we did exactly what everybody was fearing out. We bought this home and prices fell out. Again, the banks failed. Totally unforeseen. At the same time, I didn't run around crying. I basically said, look, we have a home. I've got my kids in their bedrooms. We can remodel this. We can do some things to this house to make it be what we want it to be and to clean it up and make it be the best it can be. But at the same time, I'm not looking at selling. And if I had to live in that house for four years longer than what we ended up living in it for, it still would have been an okay home. We would have made it work. But that is the interesting thing is, is that we don't know what these properties prices are going to do. Well, so let's go into that. What if you need to make a change? Oh, prices go down and I need to make a change. So we did. Well, it's relative, right? It's like, well, we could rent it or you can sell that at a loss and go buy something that's a lot lower as well. So let's say we sold it as a loss. Let's say we said, okay, we're going to sell this thing as a loss and we're going to walk away from it. That was an option for where we are when we made our move. The other option was to take a $150 hit a month on it and keep it. And I remember sitting down with my wife I said, Sarah, I don't know if we should keep this thing. I said, it's a loss every single month. She says, let's just be clear. She goes, this house is one of our kids' college educations is what this home is going to turn into. She says, currently right now, are you saving $150 a month setting it aside for college education? I said, no, I'm not. She says, now you are. <laughs> <laughs> Smart lady. It's a great way to look at it. You, you start to look at that and say, okay, so... If I was looking at it from a negative standpoint, which where I was coming from, it is $150 a month. We times that by 12. That's $1,800 a year that's going towards keeping this property just sitting there for us. Or I could literally lose $150,000 by saying, I'm going to sell this thing. And the reality is we didn't lose any money on it at all. We ended up selling it for $50,000 more than what we bought it for. Incredible. Just held on to it. And I know that's not an option for everybody, but the thing is, is, you also never know at the time. So you play it out, you understand, hey, what is, here's all the risks and all the other things. And I think once you understand that real estate is not a commodity and comparing it to like, well, if I was in the stock market, well, it's the same thing. You only lose the money if you sell. I've been like that, like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this stuff. And then seeing the executives get walked out of the building in handcuffs was like, oh, I probably should have sold that before that happened. But the point is, is it's serving something more than just the money. And we talked about the whole, your primary resident as an investment. And there was a really smart decision that was made off of what that home meant to you. And also from an investment side, because it did become an investment, which I think is a great perspective. Let me add one more thing in here too, that it's probably going to turn into a whole nother podcast topic, which is what allowed me to be able to do that, Matt. I did not buy a home that pushed me into a financial uncomfortable place position to begin with, which allowed me to say, like, let's just keep it. Well, this is where we're going. Because now let's flip it to the other side. The buyer who says, instead of what if I buy and it goes down, they say, let's wait until prices come down. Right. And that leads into what you were just saying is like having financial responsibility, understanding what's going on with your personal finances, which I've made some major mistakes there in the past. I think a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, hopefully not a lot of people, 
They should be teaching this stuff in school, by the way. But as a realtor too, how can we ask the questions to help a buyer is like, well, I'll just wait for prices to come down. There's questions we can ask. Well, tell me about that. How long are you willing to wait? What do the prices need to be for you to be comfortable, right? To understand their financial picture, because clearly they're at the point where they're like, if I buy a house at this price, I could become house poor. It's not because they're worried about prices going down. They're worried about their own finances. Mm -hmm. And if you buy a house going into it that like you are maxing out all areas, and again, we have a lot of buyers that are at that point, which then has the question become very valuable or valid is that what if prices do drop? Because if prices do drop, I'm in a lot of trouble because I have maxed out everything in my world to make this purchase happen. And if this prices drops, we're stuck. Where going back to our situation is, is that we had lenders going, you guys could buy a whole lot more house. You guys should be like pushing this thing up. And we had this mentality of like, that's not how we want to purchase a home. We're purchasing a home that's way down, which if prices do drop, if something crazy happens to the marketplace, like it's okay. Like we'll figure it out. We're not maxed out in our world. And I think that that is a very valid topic to have with your buyers before going to the purchase, if they're having that conversation about what if prices drop, saying, what if they do drop? And this goes back to having the healthy conversation, Matt. Let's play out worst case scenario. You buy that home and in two years, prices fall out. It's not worth 900000 anymore. Now it's worth, let's say, 700000 and you need to sell. What happens? Well, everything else is worth this has come down too. So if you need to buy something, you're going to transfer. You're going to transfer whatever equity you have now, I know it's market dependent. We talked about micro markets before, but for the most part, to come down that much, there's something significant happening too. We're not talking about like a, just a little local thing that, I mean, it could be, I guess, if there's a major trauma that happens to a local area, which hopefully, pray to God, that doesn't happen. But we're talking about a pretty big thing. So it's like 2008, it was spread out pretty wide. So when you lost 60% of value of your home, well, then you go buy another house that lost 60% of the value and just transfer that equity. And maybe it's not going to be dollar for dollar, but if you're focused on the reasons why you want to buy or sell, it's likely going to be okay. You're going to have an okay life because hopefully your financial earning ability is coming from something else other than your primary residence. Now, this I'm going to wait for prices to come down is a conversation I've had with people year after year after year, even in 2010. Oh, I'm just waiting for prices to come down a little more. 2011, I'm waiting for them to come down a little more. 2012, they're not going to go up. It's going to keep coming down more. And so year after, like this has been going on every single year. And the people that I get to have that same conversation with years later, they're still saying, <laughs> they're like, well, oh man, this is crazy. Like it's got to come down at some point, right? And so one, you look back at the historical data, as we talked about, and you say, man, all the people who said, and I have some close people to me three or four years ago were like, yep, we're thinking about doing it, but you know, just now is not the right time. I, I think the market might be maxing. I'm going to wait for this. going to wait for the election, right? We've got another one of those coming up every two years, the gift that keeps giving. And then it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have waited. Now, this goes back to, and you brought this up before we recorded too, asking the questions to understand what do you want so that maybe we just need to bring your price point down? If home ownership is something that's important to you, instead of saying, well, here's your max budget, let's just move down. Yeah, it's not going to be everything that you want in a house. 
But is it going to help set you up then for the next two years to then go get the house that you want? Is it going to help set you up three, four years? Or is it going to protect you so if there is a downturn in the economy, you're going to be good and you're still going to have a property that you own rather than relying on hopefully a landlord who is able to keep holding that house that you're renting. Oh, and rents are going up too. Oh, yeah. And that's like, I mean, comparing those things right now, come on. Yeah. It's like, what would be the better situation? Well, if you believe there's something coming, it's like, well, hey, I'm paying more out now, but I'm going to save that major loss in equity. Again, another topic, Matt, but I just had a situation happen the other day. This goes back to rent where somebody was a long-term rental in a home. They came in, the homeowner came in and said, hey, we are canceling your rental agreement and moving along. We're going to do something else with the property. Those people then, because rents had gone up so much in their area, could not afford to rent anything else in the area. That's nuts. There's crazy stuff happening out there. And here's the thing too, Garrett. If somebody says they want to wait, that's fine. Just ask enough questions so that there is full clarity around why they're waiting. And if if it's because they just really cannot afford to do anything at any price point and they don't want to sacrifice the commute for the lifestyle, that is okay. But if someone's coming saying, hey, we want to wait for prices to come down, don't let it stop there. Let's ask more questions so that they also hit the pause button on their search with a positive outlook of what they're trying to achieve so that you're on the same page. As their realtor, you're not there just to search for homes for them. You're there to help their whole game plan. And I'm going through my continuing ed, so I've been reading a lot of the code of ethics lately. We go back to like the preamble and all this stuff and why the NER said they were being established and everything is to help people achieve home ownership. So if we help them with a game plan, even if it takes them two or three years, you're doing an amazing thing. So let's get full clarity. You had a great example, though, that you shared of like the person that was saying, hey, these prices are crazy. I'm going to wait for them to come down, wait for them to change. They were under contract. Do you want to share that that situation in your backyard? Yeah. So, I mean, these are my in-laws, right? We've wanted them to move down here. Now, ultimately, they didn't buy because they wanted to stay where they were, which is totally fine. They were under contract in a house. This was three years ago. And they decided to terminate that contract. Like, oh, we're not ready. And one of the reasons is, well, you know, prices, you know, hopefully we'll also make an adjustment. It adjusted. <laughs> Looking at houses now in that same area, they're like $150,000, $200,000 higher than they were for the same house. And the thought is like, what? And it's like, well, yeah. And I think it's a good example of what happens when you're leaning into just the money side. They didn't have a big enough drive. You know, There were other grandkids up there too. So they made the right decision for them. But when you use the, well, I'm waiting for prices to change, the perspective to me just doesn't make sense as that being the sole reason. Because- it's not the sole reason why we buy and sell homes. So this all goes back, Matt, to what this all started with is that this is deeper conversations we need to be having with our clients of let's go down the scenario paths of what if the prices do drop, whether you buy and the prices do drop or whether you wait and the prices, we hopefully they drop. What causes them to drop? What are the significances of that? What does that mean to global economy that makes a property come down enough that it's significant enough to make a difference? Like there's a lot of things that we need to be looking at. And instead of just taking it at face value or letting them go, I think that there's a very healthy conversation that needs to happen around it. And it's not negative. It's not forcing them to be a buyer. It's asking more questions so that they can get more clarity about what they're really asking for. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to be very cautious of the energy we put out there. If you keep talking about 
things turning around and this and that, like you can manifest your own destiny there on those things, particularly if you get enough people talking about them. And I'm probably going to leave it there because I could go on a 30 to 60 minute conversation with you, Garrett, about how we see this play out in actuality and even in recent history. So if you're asking questions, then you're neutral. It's actually slanted positive energy if you're just asking questions because what we're trying to do is find solutions. For their needs, for their situation, for what they're trying to solve a problem for. Right. And so if you have somebody who's like, well, I need to wait for prices to come down, let's take a look at the what's and why's. Like, are you asking for too much right now? Which is, I get it. We live in a society where a lot of things are like, push a button and it's there. Push the button, this is here, this is here, this is here. And it's accelerated so fast where it's just like so easy to have stuff. Now it's hard to have a home with the backyard that I want. What do you mean that the thermostats aren't on Wi-Fi? Yeah, like, oh, well, but I want the stainless steel appliances. I want the granite. I want this. It's like, you know what? Formica might be okay right now. Vinyl flooring, which is actually pretty darn good, right? There's some great Formica. Formica's going to come back. There is. I will actually say, Jen showed me something. My wife's a commercial interior designer, and she like was showing me all these samples because they like show up at our door by the dozens every day now. And I was like, that's Formica? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that looks really good. Like That's like almost quartz-like. It's like, yeah, that's this new stuff that they got. I'm like, oh, I'd be totally cool with them in my house. So point is, right, if you're a buyer's agent and you're talking to your buyers, like, let's go and look and see, like, how can we get you in a home if that's what you really want to achieve? And let's take a look at this wish list and maybe we don't need all those things right now because you're probably not getting them all with what you're renting anyway. That's a really good point. Like, you're probably not getting it all with the house you're currently renting. So... I think people go into this like, well, I'm going to have this idea of home ownership where I'm going to have everything that I want to have in a house. And it's funny. I've never bought homes that way. Not, not my personal residence. I've always bought homes as like, they're missing a lot of things that we could potentially do over time to this home to turn it into what we want to turn it into. I don't see very many people buy homes that way. They buy homes as I want everything in that house, which is just a different mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you go through life, things change. So what if, what if prices go down, right? Great question to ask. Don't put the brakes on when that comes in your world. Explore it. Ask the questions. Don't look at it as like, oh, I'm affirming that this is going to happen or I'm going to like say, yeah, they could. I'm, you're just saying, well, what if? And that could be the question that you need to ask your clients to help them get the clarity they need to commit one way or the other and be okay if that means a commitment to not doing something. The way you just said that, though, Matt, I want to be clear. Don't just bring it up. Like It's a tool in your tool belt. If they bring up this, this idea, they'll be at the closing table. So, Garrett, what if prices go down? You're about to buy this, this house here, you know? All of a sudden, you watch their eyes get big as saucers going, do you think? Do you think? Like, pens are like on the paper. She's like, wait, what? Do you know something that I don't know? Nostradamus? Yeah. Is there something we should be concerned about? Send them home with that after signing away. Oh my God. Don't do that, please. I think we um, hammered that point in. I think it's fun to explore questions that your buyers bring to you. So even if it's not something like that, if they have a question, well, what if this local market changes? What if they decide to do this in this local market? Cool. Well, what if, right? Like, Hey, let's explore that. Let's go down there. Let's let them go down that path because what they're looking for is clarity and you are the guide to bring them there. So that's that, Garrett. 
thank you for exploring and surfing this topic with me. I think it was a fun one. And hopefully all y'all listening enjoyed it as well. And I'm sure you'll let us know if you didn't. And where can they do that? Well, you can do that in the podcast community, right? Go over to facebook.com slash groups slash the Ninja Selling Podcast and join over 8,000 people, most of which are realtors, a lot of which have done a whole lot of Ninja from installations to coaching to mastery to reading the book 5 million times. If that's not you, you can head over to ninjaselling.com and look for an open installation that you might be able to attend. You can learn more about the coaching program there. You can learn more about Ninja in general. And there's even a Ninja U subscription, Ninja Y-O-U, where you can subscribe for, I think it's a nominal fee monthly, really. And you can sign up for the whole year and have access to tons of videos, an entire book club with Larry Kendall, where he goes chapter by chapter through the Ninja Selling Book, talking through all of the different systems and everything. So everything is there for you. and We hope that you use it to your advantage because it'll not only make you a better realtor and business person, but I think it'll help you manage your life better as well as it did for me. That's why I'm here. I discovered Ninja through the recommendation of my broker in charge, and it's changed my world ever since. So thank you, Garrett. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate everybody listening and have an amazing day. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like more, visit us at theninjasellingpodcast.com. There you will also find links for more information about ninja selling and coaching. Have an incredible day.